0: If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now, here's today's Shared Teaching. Welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan, and you're listening to episode number 74 organizing your classroom with systems that will work for you. I'm excited to bring this episode to you at the end of the school year because this is the time that I really sit and kind of reflect on what has worked well for me this school year and what I need to improve on. And a lot of times things that I need to improve on is just my organization because as the school year goes and it gets busier, Things that I've put into place that I thought would be a good system maybe just aren't working for me by the time I hit halfway through and I get busier, and I just kind of need a system that's going to work year-round. So now is the great time to kind of set that up, think through it, and have something ready for when back-to-school starts. So... Creating a working system is key to having an organized classroom year-round, and the way you're going to do that is you're going to first start with decluttering. Now, if you are listening to this and it's the end of the school year, it is the perfect time to declutter, especially if you're moving classrooms or just if you have to put everything away and have it off the shelves. This is a great time to declutter as well because you can have, Pull everything out, dust, it gives you a great excuse. And I know I'm always going to find quite a few items that are incredibly dusty, maybe shoved in the back of a corner of the shelf, and that's going to tell me that I haven't used it all year because maybe I don't need it anymore. So let's give it a good home or decide if I really want to keep it or not. There's many areas in a classroom and many items even that can benefit from a good purging. You're going to start with your most used areas first. And I find paper in my classroom to be the biggest culprit in helping keep my classroom looking messy. So I like to take time at the end of each day or you could even pick a specific day throughout the week to go through any leftover worksheets. If you feel you need them, maybe keep them in a small letter tray that gets empty on a specific timeline. For example, maybe you decide Fridays or Mondays are the times you're going to just purge what's in that letter tray and start new. Because if you haven't used it within the week, maybe you don't need it. And another little side tip that is not in the written blog post is that I like to, when people are absent, I write their name on a copy and then I clip that to the side of one of the carts that I'm going to talk about in a little bit later of this episode. And I can feel free to get rid of all the other worksheets because I know I have what I need for my absent students and I'm not going to need any more. So that's another way to kind of stay on top of all those extra copies that you think you might need, but maybe you don't. If you want more help in decluttering, I have an older blog post that is still very much useful for this day and age, (laughs) and it's called Six Reasons to Declutter and Stop Being a Teacher Hoarder, and you can find those in today's show notes. So if you are listening in an Apple podcast, I believe it is a clickable link, and you can just check it out from there. Okay, so you wanna create a system for paper as you're decluttering, and you wanna think through if you have a way to store and collect paper. Once I found a system that worked for me, I didn't find myself having nearly as big of a problem as I used to with paper clutter. So the first thing I needed to do was think through what I wanted to do with all my photocopies. How far ahead do I wanna make my photocopies? What makes it the easiest to just kind of grab them and pass them out? And once I had those answers to the questions, I was able to come up with a system that worked for me. So I personally like to photocopy two weeks at a time. So I know I needed something that was gonna contain two weeks worth of copies and I opted for a hanging file folder container thingamajigger (laughs) that sits on the edge of my teacher desk. It's open, it does not have a lid, it makes it really easy for me to just thumb through it because I use it all throughout my day. When it's science, I'm digging in there to pull out the science copies. When it's math, I'm in there to get the math copies and you get the idea. So I placed a hanging file in my organizer for each day of the week and within that hanging file is a file folder for each individual subject. So I have, I did an ELA, so my reading, my grammar, my writing are all in one file folder. Then I have a math one and then I have a science slash social studies slash health because I alternate all three of those subjects and I'm not teaching them all at the same day. So that works for me, and then I have another hanging file behind that that just says next week, and I could go a little bit extra and duplicate the ELA, the math, the science slash social studies folders, but I didn't really feel it was necessary for myself. I know what looks like the writing worksheet versus the math worksheet, right? So... I just stick them in the next week and then when Friday comes around, I just pull those out and I put them in. And sometimes when I'm done with Monday, I'll put the next Mondays in. It just really depends. I also sometimes will put sticky notes on my second week's worth of files, especially, or copies, especially if I've gone more than two weeks ahead. For example, if I prepped an entire science unit that might take us four or five weeks to get through, I put little sticky notes to myself and I'll put the date that I'm going to use those and those all get stuck in the correct order in the next week's folder, even though it's not technically next week. But I know for myself, that's just up and coming and I know where to find them. I haven't lost them by putting them in some pile that's random throughout my classroom. So my next part of my paper system is for how I collect papers, So on the opposite side of my teacher desk from where I sit, I have a small three-drawer Sterilite organizer. My drawers are labeled File, Grade, and Copy. So if the office, let's say, has given me a memo or I've received an important note from a parent, it goes in the drawer that says File until I have time to file it. Students will place finished classwork or assessments that needs to be graded in the grade drawer. If they don't need to be graded, I've just had it as a whole class practice. I'll just say, hey, go put it in your backpack. It doesn't even touch my hands because it doesn't need to. So think about that as well. That helps cut down a lot on your grading and your paper clutter when you pick and choose which are going to be the assessments. Not everything has to be graded. Not everything you have to go around and check and give stars or anything like that. You can simply just tell the kids, hey, put them in your backpacks. Have not had any parents complain about it? <laughs> so I always say, put it in the grade file and kids will do that. And I placed it where they can access it because it's opposite my, my desk. So I just point to it. They pull open the drawer. They stick it right in. So as I plan and find things I wanna copy throughout the weeks, I put a master copy in the copy drawer and then I know when it's time to copy, I just pick everything up out of that copy drawer and take it with me to the copier. Okay, second step after decluttering is you're gonna focus on your teacher area. So organizing your classroom means tackling one of the most important areas, which is your teaching area. Just like with our paper system, we should think how we use this area. Do we stay in one general spot? Are we moving around? Because of the technology in my classroom, I'm kind of confined to the front of the classroom when I'm using the smartboard or the document camera, which is most likely all throughout the day. So since I can't change that, I've learned to work with it by creating systems at the front of my classroom. So first I knew I needed to have my teaching manuals and my most frequently used read-alouds in a spot that was easy to access. I found a long low shelf on OfferUp, if you're not familiar with that. It's kind of like a Facebook marketplace where you can meet up with people to buy their used goods. And it provided the perfect storage for what I'm looking for, and it fits right underneath my interactive whiteboard. And it's just the right size, for these nice size tubs that I keep my books in. And I can kind of store those and store the frequently used ones in baskets on the top. And it just kind of tucks away underneath my whiteboard. So the next thing I was thinking about is I wanted to store my most commonly used binders and supplies nearby. So I like binder organization. I know not many people do. I'm not really a big fan of just file folders and papers and file folders, even though I said that's how I do my copies, (laughs) I don't like it for things that I'm looking through to kind of formulate how I want to teach. So in those instances, I put everything in plastic sleeves and stick them in a binder, and then I can easily flip through the plastic sleeves a lot faster than I can flip through a file folder full of papers to find what I'm looking for. Now, As technology has gotten better and better and my school uses Google Drive, I've gotten more used to just pulling up things digitally. So I really don't have a whole lot in my file cabinet, and I kind of stopped using the enormous amount of binders that I have had in the past. So just a little side note. The other thing that I like to store is supplies. So I mentioned that. And I store my supplies, so I like to have my own pair of scissors, glue, markers, whatever I might need for modeling assignments in order to get the students to complete them. I keep them on a small table next to the document camera. Um, There is also a metal rolling cart. I'm sure you've seen these, they're very popular. They have a nice um, shelves around the sides so it's built up a little bit so things don't slide right off of it. And I put extra supplies that the students might need. So highlighters, dry erase markers, extra glue, those are on a middle shelf. So the top shelf is my binders, the second shelf is great for the student supplies. And I like to put the bigger, quantities of extra things like tissues, bottles of glue, crayon boxes, extra pencils, stored underneath a cabinet in my um, of my sink that I have in the back of the classroom. So things that I'm going to need to access more frequently, like their glue sticks running out, I like to keep those on my cart because I don't really like the kids seeing that I have like 40 boxes of glue <laughs> underneath my sink, because then they'll all be wanting brand new boxes of crayons and glue. And I think I said 24 boxes of glue, but anyway, (laughs) crayons. So I don't like kids seeing that I have that. I just kind of a weird thing that I have. So I tuck them underneath the sink and then I put the things that they might need to be um, traded out more frequently on my cart next to my whiteboard. Then I have a small table with my document camera that has a little container of markers. And underneath that table, I have another plastic drawer organizer, one of the taller ones that holds student folders and paper supplies, things like loose leaf notebook paper I put in there and then I can easily just pull out the drawer and grab the papers and pass them out as I need. Okay, so step three is the small group area. So now the last two years I've taught, I have not had a kidney table for small groups. There just isn't enough to go around for all the teachers within our school. And so I was gifted a very large rectangle table, and I've learned how to make it work. Now that it's actually in my space, I feel like it saves more space than having the kidney table, and I have kind of a small room, so I actually am preferring it a little bit more than the kidney table. So I store my small group items in several plastic drawer organizers in front of my teacher desk. One is a small three drawer organizer for the paper or laminated items I need for my groups. So things like alphabet charts, digraph charts, those are laminated and I just have a set, like a set of six in my little drawer that I can pull out and give to the students at the start of their lessons. Underneath the three-door organizer, it sits on another larger plastic drawer organizer. And inside those larger drawers, I put like the books that we might need for their lessons that week, timers, any kind of reading supplies goes in there. Now it's at the end of the year, so it's quite a bit of a mess. And I also put my copies for my word study groups that go into these folders. So if I teach general education in the future, this is one area that I am going to come back and reorganize to work better. So the great thing about organizing is there is never one correct way to create a system, but it will take some trial and error to find the right system for you. And if you are wondering, yes, I am moving to a different teaching job next year. I am currently a second grade teacher and I have been for quite a few years. But next year, I am very excited to be teaching the gifted education program. So I will be dealing with third through fifth grade students and just doing some enrichment with them. So I'm very excited for that. And at the moment, I do not have plans to change this podcast away from my elementary focus because that is what I've spent so many years teaching. But I might just throw in a few episodes here and there about helping teach those higher students when you have so many low and middle students that are needing more attention than those high students um, are getting because they're generally the students that kind of do a good job, don't have any issues (laughs) and are quietly waiting for you to finish with the other students (laughs) before you can get started. Okay, step four is the student area. And this is the last step in creating an organized classroom system. And again, you're going to want to have a clear thought as to how you want students to access and use materials throughout the year. And that's going to be key in having an organized system that works for you. So start with how you want your students to store their materials. Do they have desks or tables? How will you support them to be organized? Are there items they won't need every day that can be kept on a shelf? When I taught overseas, my students had tables and no chair pockets, so all of their books and supplies were kept on shelves and organized by table groups. One person from each table was in charge of collecting items for their table. This eliminated that long line of students that are waiting for their items and the inevitable fights over things like pushing and stepping on shoes. So think through that as well. Do you want to have the whole class rushing over somewhere to pick up their supplies? Do you call them table by table? Are you going to have just like a table captain in charge of collecting the supplies for their table? Those are just some good things to think through that will help your classroom run a bit more smoothly. And also just thinking about how you are placing the supplies and labeling them and organizing Them so students can access them as they need or put them back where they need to go. Now, the last four years I've had desks, and most items I have my students keep in their own desks, such as pencil boxes, math books, and whiteboards. Items we don't use as often or that can be easily destroyed are kept in a plastic book bin with their student number, and it's on a shelf. So when they need the items, they grab them from the shelf, The book bins store individual manipulatives such as beads for counting, tokens for phonics, Play-Doh that they use during centers. I have some sight word Play-Doh mats that they use. Headphones, because those are ones that are easily destroyed if they are kept in their desk. Interactive notebooks and science notebooks that come from our curriculum are all in those book bins. So they hold quite a bit of things. Notice they don't hold any books, (laughs) But I used to do Ziploc bags and had those kept in the students' desks. Now I just have them keep their library books. They get two library books every week, and that seems to be plenty for them at the rate that they're reading. So I don't feel a need to have the extra books available for them. It's just how it is with my schedule and how they are with their level of reading. So hopefully this post gave you some ideas for getting started with organizing your classroom. If you want to learn a little bit more about setting up those systems, I have a free organization mini course. It gets emailed to you each day. It's called Better Teacher Organization, and it's going to go more in depth into how to organize your paper, what kind of systems that I use, what kind of systems other people use, and it's a great thing to go and check out. So you can find that at sharedteaching.com forward slash courses. And it's the one right at top called Better Teacher Organization. So thank you so much for listening and tune in next week for a brand new episode. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching. Hitting that subscribe button. And leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on ShareTeaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast.